Greetings and welcome to Fresh Text. Fresh Text is a weekly podcast where a pair of pastor scholars study a scripture passage drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. We hope it will be enjoyable and edifying for all, but especially equipping for pastors or teachers who are preparing lessons or sermons in the upcoming weeks. I'm your host, John Drury. I'm discipleship pastor at Indiana Wesleyan University in Marion, Indiana. My guest this week is Larissa Levicheva. Dr. Larissa is a regular on the show. She's an Old Testament expert uh, specializing in wisdom literature, especially Ecclesiastes. She's working on an Ecclesiastes commentary, in fact, right now on sabbatical, which is really exciting. Hope to see that come out in the hopefully near future. She's been on the show a lot. She's a great interpreter of scripture. Love having her on for any part of the canon, but especially for a psalm. She's just fantastic. I love having her here for poetic Hebrew poetry. So we'll be looking today at Psalm 50, Psalm 5-0. So that's the text for today. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast today and you're enjoying the show, just press the share button on your podcast player app. All of them have it. And pass it along to others through social media or private uh, message uh, so that others can find out about the show as well. Our main way of getting the word out about the show is through word of mouth. So you are our marketing department. So uh, if you get a chance to share this with somebody this week, that would be a big help. So thank you. And if you want to support the show, just go to patreon.com slash fresh text and find some of the levels and ways you can become a patron saint of the show. Thanks for listening and enjoy this conversation with Arisa. All right, well, let's do this. Psalm 50 in translation of your choice. Yes, it's NIV. NIV it is. Chosen or just what was handy? Just what was handy. <laughs> you, you always say that, right? Like, right. Whatever thing's closest when you right. walk out the door yep. is what you bring. <laughs> I love it. All right, go for it. Psalm 50, a psalm of Asaph. The mighty one, God, the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sets. From Zion. Perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and will not be silent. A fire devours before him, and around him and tempest rages. He Mm. summons the heavens above and the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me this concentrated people who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens proclaim his righteousness, for he is a God of justice. Listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. I will bring no charges against you concerning your sacrifices or concerning your burnt offerings, which are ever before me. I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains, and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. Do I eat Mm. the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. But to the wicked person, God says, What right have you to recite my laws or to take my covenant on your lips? You hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. When you see a thief, you join with him. You throw in your lot with adulterers. 
You use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. You sit and testify against your brother and slander your own mother's son. When you did these things and I kept silent, you thought I was exactly like you. But I now arraign you and set my accusations before you. Consider this, you who forget God, or I will tear you to pieces with no one to rescue you. Those who sacrifice things, offerings, honor me, and to them blameless, I will show my salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thanks for these poetic words from the tradition of Asaph and the insight they bring into what you seek beyond exterior sacrifice. Um, there's a lot for us to, to hear here and receive. So we ask, Lord, that you would open our eyes and open our ears, both physical, mental, and deep in our hearts, that we would be receptive to what your word for us is today as it bounces off uh, these words that you inspired of old. We ask this all in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So what uh, what jumps out at you today afresh when you look at Psalm 50? Well, I think this is, in a way, an unusual psalm if we think of traditional psalms of petitioning or just praising God or whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. This sounds more like it's a prophecy, right? Yeah, it's like a that's prophet, exactly what I wanted to ask. Like, Talking to the people. And even the theme them. of like, not just sacrifice, but justice. a huge thing in right? Justice. Right, Amos and Isaiah. Right. And, the court scene that we would see in prophets. So it's, it's very typical of that setting. And it is a court scene that, again, not something that is typical for Psalms, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. But more for prophetic audience. But. Um, well, there are a handful of these like prophetic moments. They are right. the vast minority of the Psalter, but right. But that's usually not the, not, right? not the yeah. Psalms that you would They're go to. The less to. known, right? The less right. known. That's true. Yeah. So it starts with kind of you know setting the scene, right? Setting the courtroom scene. The mighty one, God, and the Lord. God is the typical mm-hmm. Elohim, right? That's the word that will be used for any God, and we see that in the Bible. But then the Lord, right? That's your Yahweh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Elohim Adonai, right? So it's and it's, actually, don't we get an L Elohim? Right. Like a, we get all three, like and the, the singular, plural, and then the tetragrammaton back to back. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, which actually stands out in at this part of the of the Psalter, right? I mean, we're in like book two, right? I think book two is heavy with Elohim and a little bit of Yahweh exactly. here and there, and vice versa in the first, right? So it's yeah, very striking it's, to put them all together, like, you know, all, all the names of God, check. You know? <laughs> right. Covered Sorry, all God. the bases. Yeah. yeah it's just, it, it, it suggests something about this psalm that being attributed to a different author is maybe yeah. relevant in that regard. Right. But, but we'll, what we'll also see in those two names and then further in the verses that it is the creator covenant God that is so important nice. to the people of Israel, right? The creator Elohim. Nice. And then yeah. Yahweh, the uh, covenant. Right? Perfect. Yes. So okay. the, summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sets. Right. That's the mm-hmm. creation. But then from Zion, perfect in beauty. Right. So brilliant. All of creation, but yet a very particular place. 
right? So, and it's actually a connection to the Psalms, uh, Psalms 48, 49. 48 talks about the beauty of Zion. Yeah. Like pretty much the whole Psalm about that. Yeah. And some of the Psalms that do this covenant creator thing, like I've had a few this in the last couple of months for regular listeners who we re- bumped into this theme, but like Psalm eight or Psalm, I think, is it 29 or 24, 29, the heavens declare 19, 19. 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, although 29 has some interesting re- relevance here too. It tends to be like stanzas. You'll have a whole stanza right. camping yeah. out on covenant, on a, whole stanza, right? Like, right, right? So this is a little unique that it's this intentional yeah. interweaving mm-hmm. Right. Yes. That yes. Stands oh, yeah. out to me as not oh, typical yes. in the yeah, Psalter. Yeah, yeah. And then also we see that how that create a covenant theme moves even further and brings us to Mount Sinai, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a fire devours before him, around him a tempest rages, right? Okay. He so summons that's more the Sinai. heavens above and the earth that he may judge his people, right? So. It's very masterfully done. Yeah. The creation, God is in charge of everything, yet he is also a God of a particular people. Mm-hmm. And he is a God of a particular people because of that particular moment. Right? So everything always goes back to that, the making yeah. of the covenant. And then Zion, okay, maybe you want to finish a thought, but I did have a question about sure, Zion. So Zion, okay. Sinai and Sinai imagery like that is, right. um, although it has transferability to other things, but right, right, right. default setting, that's yeah. Sinai talk, right? right. <laughs> fire and smoke. Right, right. Gathering, even the language of gathering in five is very, correct. gather around the mountain, hear my instruction. That's the mountain of the covenant, right? Correct. Yeah. Zion's obviously the mountain of the particularity in some yeah. sense because right. of it's the capital. Yeah. It has the royal associations, the Davidic. Judean. Right. So even particularity within the particularity of Israel right. is Judah, Judea, David, all that jazz, right. right? But side note, does Zion have a double sense because it there's this tradition of Zion and Melchizedek and all that jazz, who is the, you know, worshipped El, Elion mm. even, that there's some sense in which like this was God's mountain way before it mm. was the the king. Do you know what I mean? Like, can Zion like right. actually double because, it, and that's also where the gathering of all the nations will be in the prophets, right? Will be to Zion. Like, it's where the particular and the universal meet in some right. way. I don't yeah. know. I'm just yapping. Yeah. But. Well, I wonder if Zion stands for his people, mm-hmm. so everybody comes to his people. Right. 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 So I, I so don't it's like know a the connection force of right. all the nations. Right. I don't know about the direct connection to Melchizedek. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. can't speak on that. That's, yeah. right, that's but, a peculiar little piece in Genesis that I just happen to be fascinated with. Right. But <laughs> but the way uh, the people of God are set, right? Mm-hmm. The way God sets them up with, with the laws and everything that they mm-hmm. need to do, observe festivals and all that, are set in such a way that the foreigners want to come in and right. stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they should be this hospitable community taking everybody so in. Particularity doesn't mean exclusivity. Right. right. So that's why yeah. everybody's coming to Zion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. And that but not down to Sinai. It's like the Sinai is a right. one-time event with this people. Right. It's yeah. not like it's- every nation has its own Sinai experience. Correct. It's kind of like every every nation's invited to come right. to participate in the Zion experience, right. maybe. Is yeah. that yeah. fair? But then well, this is what you know Peter does, though, in First Peter. 
when the Christians come, yeah. So now it's all the people. Right. They come and they have the same experience. Yes. Before you were other people. Now, now you, you are. are people. So now you are having a Sinai-like experience, right. not just a Zion joining right. proselytism. So it's, right. So every, yeah, it's, so good. it's like everybody has to have that experience. That's how yeah. you join in, so to speak. Although fun enough by way of Christ and the event right. that takes place on Mount Zion, right. <laughs> where he dies and the stone that the builders rejected and all right, that right, jazz, right, right, right. which links yeah. to Zion right. because of the temple, right? Right. So it's not, you don't choose Zion versus Sinai. There's like a synthesis. Right. Yes. Which is being planted. That synthesis, is, the seed for that synthesis is being planted already here in Psalm right. 50, which yep. is... I never saw. So you are so awesome. I know. I know. I always know you'll blow us away, <laughs> Laura. This is so good. I'm glad. I'm let's glad. let's take a quick break and come back and go sure. in deeper with that. And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I'm here with my guest, uh, Larissa Joseph, and we are looking at Psalm 50. Oh, I guess I did your it's Larissa Levitchova Joseph. Mix and match. <laughs> Looking at Psalm 50. I'll save a reading of the text for the third segment. Let's just keep going and discussing because you were on a roll with the opening five or six right. verses, covenant and creation interwoven. So let's just keep moving. Pick up where we left off. Where, where do you want to go next? Right. What do you want to highlight so for us? So God is addressing his people, right? He starts with mm-hmm. ev- everybody. He And then he Hero summons. people in right. seven. Yeah. Right. But in five, he says he summons the heavens, right? Above yes. and theirs, so that he may judge his people. So there is definitely a courtroom scene. Like these are the witnesses mm-hmm. whom I created, heaven and earth. Nice. And my people whom I created too. But they're particular people, this consecrated people who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Right? So again, God of everybody and everything. Mm-hmm. And God of a particular people. And we should note there before the critique of sacrifice that comes later, that it's right. not a denial of sacrifice. It's actually part of the sealing of this covenant. Right. That means it's not a denial of its legitimacy. Right. right. That's just, what made them special. Yes. Right? Set apart. There was a sacrifice. So the sacrifice covenant. itself is, there's nothing wrong. And even in faithful it. people there is the, the Hasidim. Right. Right. It's the uh, Hesed, the, the covenant faithful right. people. Correct. Yes. Great. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. For he is a God of justice, right? Mm. So again, again, that's creation and justice now together. Yeah. It's very interesting. Eschatology, what, right. Alpha, Omega. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> no wonder um, it's prophetic. This is looking into the future in a way. It's to show that justice is not a bad thing, right? God mm. doesn't judge just because he's mean. It's not the arbitrary wrath of a right. tyrant. That's who he is. Yeah. Right? That's what he does. And it's usually for the benefit of those who come to be judged. And then, of course, you know, we come to verse 7, and it's now God's speech, so mm-hmm. to speak, right? The plaintiff is speaking. I will testify against you, Israel. So you, you're waiting for what's wrong. And then he says, I bring no charges against you concerning your sacrifices. <laughs> right? So yeah. that's what we would think. Oh, they're doing something wrong mm-hmm. with the way they worship, which would be, bringing sacrifices, right? That's right. that's how they did it at that time. And the sacrifices that are mentioned, you know, there are five sacrifices that were just, you know, goodwill. There's not for sin, just because, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sacrifices of thanksgiving, so to speak. And then two for sin, so there are seven total. 
But he chose, God chooses two burnt offerings and, oh, sorry, this one doesn't. Where is the other one? It's, uh, well, it's just the word sacrifices might be a specific type and it's just hidden in the translation, maybe? Yes. But one is the burnt offerings and the other was the fellowship offering. Mm-hmm. So the burnt offering is Which the. Which verse is that for our listeners and for me? Because I'll double check. Eight. Is that verse eight? Yeah, concerning your sacrifices or concerning your burnt offerings. So burnt yeah, offerings. So the, the sacrifices there is, yeah, zeb, zebehake. Right. So it might be a specific type right. of sacrifice there. Correct. That's yeah. a specific type, and that is the well-being sacrifice gotcha. Gotcha. or fellowship of gotcha. uh, sacrifice. That was the purpose of that sacrifice was to thank God for whatever. Mm-hmm. But. What was interesting about the sacrifice, the the worshiper brought the animal, sacrificed it in front of the altar. You know, the priest did all the things that the mm-hmm. priest supposed to do. But then the whole animal was given back to the worshiper. Hmm. And the worshiper chose that sacrifice to have a feast, to invite people to celebrate what God has done. That's why it's a fellowship. Your fellowship with God and your fellowship with the community, thanking yep. God for what he's doing. Yep. Now, the burnt offering is the offering, you know, Allah, right? That's where we get the word yes. Holocaust. Yes. The point was that the entire animal was consumed. And goes and up, up, therefore to God, God right? eats all of it. And the worshiper gets nothing. Mm-hmm. So, But that's, that's the point of the sacrifice. So God chooses these two sacrifices— Mm-hmm. One is totally dedicated to him. One is to celebrate the fellowship, to say that you're doing it right. <laughs> you're doing it exactly as I told you to do, right? I have nothing to say against you. So worship as such is going the way God wants it and God likes it. And then what's funny about what comes next, it's like very sarcastic, right? Yeah, totally. As my girls would say, sassy, right? Yeah. Like, do I really need your sacrifices? Like, I kind of have, like, herds, all that I want. Right. Which is related to the creator covenant intertwining. Exactly. Like, I created it all. Like, that, not that that yeah. isn't implied throughout. It's obviously implied in the Exodus narrative with his dominance over the kind of creation-style gods in Egypt and everything. Right. But nevertheless, like, these operate in some passages of scripture, like separate tracks of thought, creation, covenant, they they can, one is usually in the foreground. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you, but when you bring them together, this is the insight that one of the insights that comes from the interweaving of creation and covenant, because all of a sudden the covenant God, if he, it really is the creator God, then wait a minute, doesn't he already own all this stuff? Yes. Whereas if you're only thinking covenant, put creation in the background, it really feels like, Whoa, we're really giving God some great stuff. You know, we're feeding right. God. Yes. 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 <laughs> when you zoom out to the creation level, it's like, wait, no, he already owns all of it. Right. He can yes. just like drop fire from heaven on some field and boom, there's a sacrifice. Right. And he even says, do I even eat this? Yeah. <laughs> don't right. even do it. Right. You know, it's not like you're feeding me that I, because I need it. Right. So again, it would be interesting to know what the people were thinking when they were doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're doing everything right. They're doing exactly like God wants them to do. But so it's tr- still interesting. Like why they're doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so we're giving you this bowl. So I mean, that's, I'm sure I a think lot of the common people just thought God was eating it because God's up <laughs> and he eats it in ashes form. I'm not trying to insult the people of Israel. I'm just well, saying. Well, that's exactly humans. what everybody else yeah, thought, right. right? It's literally what the whole world around right. them thought. You know, we are the pleasing aroma, right? That 
God yeah. is, right? That's what Paul says. So, yeah. barely a and, metaphor. <laughs> you go up when you burned at the stake. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. So no, but that's I really like. I think we don't we don't think of God as being sarcastic, or but that's right he is here. The, he is in the prophetic mode, right? As we find in Jesus. So when <laughs> he he's be, a, Quite sarcastic when right. he's when in he's his ang- prophetic right. striking. When he's angry, he is, you know. So then there's a shift so, then in verse 14 when he kind of suggests then the... Right, so... This, are these important terms then? The, are these different kinds of sacrifices? No, he's talking about the same type of sacrifices okay. and fulfilling Thanksgiving the, and vows. Right, you know. But, and I think this is the really the crucial uh, change that, he, that will bring us to the rest of the uh, psalm is that it's good. Do the sacrifices that you do, but call on me yeah. in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. Mm-hmm. So the point is not just to bring sacrifices, right? This, they're doing it right the way they're supposed to do, but they're not really doing it with the right intent, mm-hmm. right? With the right attitude to God. It's like they're worshiping God because they know he requires that. But when troubles come, they go somewhere else. Mm. Could you right. almost, I don't want to press this too hard, but I know like a vav in verse 15. Let me double check. Yeah, there's a vav there. In most translations, it's an and, and that's fine. It's not wrong because it is both. Do both. Right. But there's a little but there too, a little contrast too. Right. Sacrifice. Yeah. Sacrifice your thanksgivings and bring your votive offerings. But... Call on me in the day. I, yeah. I mean, you could put a butt there and it would draw out the point you're making. That is not only, but also right. it's not, not sacrifice, but pray. It's not only sacrifice, but really yeah. pray, really call on me, really beseech me and seek me. Anywhere you are in the day of distress implies not just at the temple, correct? I mean, right. So yeah, that's anytime. I think it's day of trouble when they're really in a bad situation, right? They're in a bind. It's like, don't go to Egypt, right? Whatever <laughs> that's you what do, I'm don't go to Egypt. <laughs> Don't go looking for earthly help with and, your earthly troubles right. And what do we do? We go to Egypt. Yeah. Go so, to the wicked to stop the wicked. And it's almost like, you know, Isaiah is speaking to Ahaz. Just mm. go and ask God. Like, oh, no, 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 I can't. Mm. It's almost that. That's why it's prophetic, I think. What the prophets do, they call people back to the Lord. Yeah, right? that's so good. So, like, come back to me. And again, you know, reflecting back on the beginning of the psalm, where it's talking about, you know, making a covenant with sacrifice. Well, the covenant was made after the people were delivered. You called to me, I delivered you, we made a covenant. And now the sacrifices are part of that covenant. So don't think now the sacrifices are just kind of going on on their own and there is no more ability to deliver and protect and provide. Mm. And then I deliver you and you will honor me. So this is what's happening. They're bringing the sacrifices, but there is no honoring going to God. It's like reenacting Exodus all over again, right? Liberate. And then what does he do? Let my people go so that they they may worship worship. me or revere me. I mean, it's probably a similar, I'm going to look later, but. Yeah. So it's. Wow. Yeah. And then. Then he turns to the wicked. Right. And then he turns to the wicked. Before we wrap up. Right. But what's, what's interesting is. When God starts addressing, listen, my people, and I will speak, my people there isn't singular. So you, you, you up to this point is always singular. Nice. From seven, I think around verse seven on. Right. He's Until addressing the people. 
until like 22. That was all singular. And then he said, but to the wicked person, he says, what right have you? Right. So the question here is like, okay, um, so the prophet is addressing the whole assembly now to the wicked. Does it mean that it's like (gasps) one among us? So it stays in the singular. So, but it's, but since the prior was singular, it's ambiguous. It could be a collective singular. It could be all y'all. Right. So, and it's, or you're judged if you think, oh, wicked. Oh, that's somebody else. <laughs> and oh, yeah, yeah. Babylon. Right. Oh, oh Syria. It's, right. Oh, it's my neighbor. That's <laughs> not me. Right. That's somebody else. But wow. then I think also what's interesting, what we think the wicked are who? The thieves and the adulterers. Mm-hmm. But to recite, oh, take my covenant on your lips, you hate my instruction. You cast my words behind you. Mm. When you see a thief, you join with him. You throw in your lot with the adulteress. So the point is not that the bad people, the wicked, are the thieves and the adulteress. Yeah. Well, they know they're bad. That's why they're doing it. Yeah. They know it already. But the wicked are actually those mm. who condone it and who say nothing about it. Right? Well, wow. I don't do it. <laughs> this whole don't ask, don't tell does <laughs> not work with God. Yeah. Right, does not work with God's people, at least it shouldn't. So the point is that you hate my instruction. You know what you're supposed to do. It's not enough not to do it. Yeah, even verse 16, you bear my pact, your co- my covenant in your mouth, right? Right, I think right. It's, it's, it's Barit there, isn't it, in yes. 16? Mm-hmm. So this is housekeeping internal to the people. Right, Pretty yes. clearly right. with the language right. here. So This you, isn't like the first part's to Israel and the next part he's talking to Oh, no, no, no. Egypt or Syria or whatever. No, he's addressing his people. You recite my laws. You take my covenant. Yeah, yeah. So you know what you're doing. Those are on the lips of anybody but Israel. Right. And it's, it's again, part of worship. So you're saying the right things. You know them. But you hate that because you cast your lot with adulteress. Mm -hmm. You see a thief. You join with him. And, again, the joining and casting lot is not that well, I see somebody stealing something and I join and go steal with them. It's I join in because I don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Not just like go to the authorities. That's not the point. Tell the thief that what he or she is doing is wrong. And at a larger kind of sociopolitical level, would this also be operating with, say, the violence and injustice of an Assyria or a Babylon or whatever? Okay, yes, wicked is all get out. Right. And you're afraid of that because often it's under under the pressure of fear of oppression that then we then oppress. Right. What do you do? You throw in your lot with Egypt, who's just as evil, <laughs> just to bail you out. But also with the... With, and look the other way, you know, right. look the other way at, at their wickedness because they're helping us, you know. But then also being a, a, a prophetic in nature, mm-hmm. right? It's not only the people around, are the outsiders, it's the insiders yes. who actually behave Worse than outsiders. Exactly. Like, well, they're outsiders. You expect them. What right. They don't yeah, know of course, God. Yeah. But you know, and you do that. You look the other way. Right. You, you use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue <clears throat> to deceit. You sit and testify against your brother. Wow. Okay. Right. So the, the psalm addresses several commandments, right? Ten, you know, ten commandments Feeding, again. Adultery. Three. False witness. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Which is and, 19 and 20. And then your, you know, your mother's son, so we can throw in maybe honoring mm-hmm. father and mother, five, right? So this whole psalm, <laughs> again, you know. There's maybe a little a- implicit, okay, maybe you're satisfying the first half of, of the Ten Commandments. You're, right. You're, you're, you're relating to me, in, at least in the exteriors properly, but 
you yep. know, the way you're interacting with one another renders that false in some way right. or undermines its legitimacy yeah. or something. Maybe I'm, that's too strong. I don't think he's going that far. It's maybe necessary, but not sufficient. Right. Or maybe a way to say it. It's right. it's right, but it's not the whole of the law. You right. also and must love your neighbor. You know, in today's terms, it's, you shouldn't behave one way in on Sunday yeah, yeah, yeah. in church yeah. and then on Monday, forget about it. So that's what, that's what it's about. You don't just say the right things. You need to do them. And quite often, and or actually, may, or maybe raising your hands up and during a bunch of worship songs, right. you can do that perfectly. Right. <laughs> but then if you're a total jerk to your neighbor or you, or even worse, just as bad or maybe worse, the way that two neighbors are treating one another, you just look the other way. I don't want right. to do with it. I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat. I'll just look the other way. Yeah. Cause that's the same as might as well be doing it as the kind of logic. Yes. Of the, yeah. So again, that's that kind of, you know, if we think of James who sees speaking as action, quite often we think, well, speaking is one thing and doing is another, right? As long as I say the right thing, mm-hmm. nobody's paying attention to what I'm doing, but you know, James speaks against that. We, and we see it here too. No, speaking or not speaking, right, is an action. So when you don't speak when you're supposed to. That's the same as speaking, yeah. <laughs> or you acting. Know, that's, yeah. that's the same as acting. You should have, you know the instruction, but you hate them because you don't live by them. That's spot on. Before we finish this second segment, can we go straight to verse 23 real quick? Sure. Does this kind of, am I... Based on everything I'm hearing right now, let me test this. Is this kind of recapitulate the whole in a way? Because it says that it's got the both and, right? He, right. the one who sacrifices Thanksgiving, reveres me or glorifies me. Same verb from back in, right. what, 15? And sets out on the proper way. Right. So you have the both and right. of the sacrifice and the right. living righteously. I'm not sure how NIV translates the second verb there, but... And just um, the blameless. Yeah. Okay. Does that kind of capture the right. both sides? Yes. And then it says, and I will show them God's salvation. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's both, right? Mm-hmm. You have to worship and you have to do it right, like God wants it. But you also have to live a blameless life, be righteous before God. That is perfect. Yeah. It's That's because, brilliant. you know, I will tear you to pieces with no one to rescue you. <laughs> It doesn't matter if you keep going to Egypt, you know, eventually it's up to me. Yeah, it's you know? not like, going to play in will... your favor. And interesting the, in verse 22, the understand this, you who forget God, the notion of God forgetfulness, right? right? That that's what's happening here. Like you say, even in your language, which sets us up nicely for sermon starters in a moment here, but right. the notion of how you worship on the Lord's day Versus the first day of the work week or Sunday and Monday, as we call them, but I I like those technical terms to highlight, you know, (laughs) and then you turn in your work life and it's not just how you interact, but even the kind of work you do, the justice of the work you do and how even your institution treats people. Do you just look the other way? Right. And notice how that's not like a direct assault against God. Again, you're not showing up in the sanctuary and raising a fist, cursing God, but rather Having blessed God, you've now turned and forgotten God. I mean, it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice way of capturing the nature of the wickedness that God is right. critiquing here, correct? Like correct. It's not, the focus is less on the, the thieving and the adultery and more on the 
the looking the other way or the participating in it in a kind of soft way or more passive way. Right. So this is the God of justice who is speaking. Mm. So he wants his people to act justly. Yes. yes. Right. And to act justly means not to be quiet when you know the right thing to do is to confront. Mm-hmm. And quite often we think that we show our love. We just accept. Mm-hmm. And we won't say anything, but that's not the true love that God wants us to show. That's great. Let's take a quick break and come back and explore some sermon starters. And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I'm here with Larissa Levicheva, and we are looking at Psalm 50. How about I read it in uh, Robert Alter's translation, per my custom, And then we'll explore some sermon starters uh, to wrap up. So here goes. Psalm 50, an Asaph psalm. El, the God Lord, he spoke and called to the earth from the sun's rising place to its setting. From Zion, the zenith of beauty, God shone forth. Let our God come and not be silent. Before him, fire consumes, and round about him, great storming. Let him call to the heavens above, and to the earth judge his people. Verse 5, which he puts in quotes. Gather to me my faithful, who with sacrifice seal my pact. Close quote. Verse 6. And let the heavens tell his justice, for God he is judge. Now, quote again, verse 7, Hear, O my people, that I may speak, Israel, that I witness to you, God, your God, I am. Not for your sacrifices shall I reprove you, your burnt offerings always before me. I shall not take from your house a bull, nor goats from your pens, for mine are all the beasts of the forests, the herds on the thousand mountains. I know every bird of the mountains, creatures of the field are with me. Should I hunger? I would not say to you, for mine is the world and its fullness. Would I eat the flesh of fat bulls? Would I drink the blood of goats? Sacrifice to God a thanksgiving and pay to the high one your vows and call me on the day of distress. I will free you and you shall revere me. And to the wicked, God said, why do you recount my statutes and bear my pact in your mouth when you have despised chastisement and flung my words behind you? If you see a thief, you run with him. And with adulterers is your lot. You let loose your mouth in evil and your tongue clings fast to deceit. You sit against your brother, you speak, your mother's son, you slander. These you have done, and I was silent. You imagined I could indeed be like you. I reprove you and make a case before your eyes. Understand this, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart with no one to save you. The one who sacrifices thanksgiving reveres me and sets out on the proper way. I will show them God's rescue. 
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, sermon starters. I already know. I already know what mine is. So I gotta pitch mine. <laughs> sure. And then you can tell me what's terrible about it, and then we can do yours, and I'll tell you what's wonderful about it. <laughs> I want to call it working title, and titles don't matter. Nobody. It's not like the old days where you like walk by like a church and there's like the sign with the sermon title. Like, where am I going to go this week based on that? I mean, who cares? Right. Of course not. Uh, It's a lot more complicated than that. But for me and my prep, I often have a title to give me focus, you know, and I'm old fashioned. So I just like to say on and one word. So on God forgetfulness, Uh I feel like that's the theme. I want to use that as the entering point to get at all the stuff we talked about, but to kind of center on that. What does it mean to forget God? especially to kind of ramp it up because he gets to the language of fling the words behind you as a right. kind of more like, so forgetfulness sounds very tame, <laughs> but this is to fling the words, it's to throw them back, you know, like, oh. Eh. And it also has kind of like a double entendre on God forgetfulness, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah go who actually, it. you know, who actually forgets, right? Is it God? Yes, yes, or yes. Is it us? That's right? exactly where I was going with. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's. Yeah. I don't know. So then just no, use that as a play great. to kind of play in that. And well, fun enough, we did this off mic, but mm-hmm. uh, not to put you on the spot, but you have some great forgetfulness stories. Yes, so you so might true. really like it. But, but I mean, like, <laughs> like, yes, not just me. You know, that too. <laughs> you know, so the, the play with the notion right. of us forgetting, right. we live our lives like we forget God. Yes. Right. And then it would be looking forward to, and actually, I think in a, maybe this is too heavy handed, but I wonder if the notion of Thanksgiving, both in the narrow sense of a Thanksgiving sacrifice, but being specific when we're giving thanks to God for the way he is at work in our life. I know for me, the one thing that has tipped the scales away from God forgetfulness for me to God remembering mm-hmm. to where just like multiple times throughout the day, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm not perfectly acting all the time, but I'm, I'm, I'm noticing when I'm not because I'm conscious more than I used to be. And that's come through practicing like a daily Thanksgiving examine where I just kind of go through the day and express gratitude for ways he's been at work. So anyway, that's the kind of play. And you're right. So you, you caught that I was focusing on our forgetting God right. from verse 22, but then the double entendre in 21 these things I've done, I was silent. You imagine I can right. indeed be like you. The notion that he, it looks like he's forgiving, forgetting, like he's just looking the other way. Right. But actually he's awaiting till the proper right. time of judgment. So he gives space and time. In God's patience, he gives us freedom right. to choose our way. But the time of God's patience is intended to lead us to repentance, to turn, to give us time right. to turn, to quote right. yep. Paul, who's just getting the idea straight from Isaiah. Right. Anyway. I don't know. That's, that's my that's my sermon idea. And then everything we'd talk about, I'd find a way to kind of push it in there. That's usually how I write a sermon. I have a central idea, and then I just think, what's the best order to right. present yeah. the ideas, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. which may correspond to the order of a text, or it may not. That just depends right. on other things that come up, stories I might want to tell, the nature of the audience. You know, some audiences want, like, this covenant creation stuff is, like, super cool. They're going to want to – they're ready to go there right away. Some congregations, that's just nerdy stuff and turns them off. And you got to ease them in, you know, and right. build, and that's got to be somewhere in the middle of the sermon. Some congregations, you might not even be able to say that at all. They, right. That's too, that's even too complex to explain. And you have to find another analogy 
So I don't know. You can't avoid it completely, but there are, there are ways to maybe right. soften that language if it's too abstract. Covenant. You and I, it's not abstract right. at all. Yeah. Creation, covenant. There's no more concrete thing than those two <laughs> terms to us. But our listeners might hear it and be like, that's still pretty abstract. So right. anyway, that's my pitch. What, what are you thinking? What would you recommend? No, that's great. Recommend? I, yeah, you can I say was, it's terrible if go- you want. But. No. I, <laughs> I will next time. Okay. Thank uh, you. I usually do, right? Yeah, I think uh, so. <laughs> No, I think, uh, well, I was going for, I guess the most obvious, but it's the, the, uh, relationship of accountability, right? Between Great. the individual and the community. There is no such thing as, well, you do what you do. I do what right. I do. And as long as we okay and worship the same God, we're good, right? And God is good with that. Nice. Okay. But that's really not what it's about. And on accountability ju- for a working title. <laughs> on accountability. We go ahead. Go. <laughs> right, because the judgment, the God doesn't say I will judge only you mm. one person who is wicked, right? right? The judgment comes on the whole community, right? As we know, like was all the judgments that this God is sent. Because this is a disorder in the community. Right. Even though you can assign blame to individuals for certain acts. Right. The community At the end of the day, is, the community's disordered if this is happening. Right. So we should never think that oh, it doesn't concern me. It's and actually, problem. if a community has thieves and adulterers, that's called just a community. That's going to happen. Right. <laughs> like what makes it the community disordered is how the community responds to that. Right. Do they look the other way or do we actually, you know, yeah. seek the the rescue and salvation of the community from this? Right. Is and that it, fair to say? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And is it like are these thieves and adulterers actually in the community who comes to church? Mm hmm. Not just, just outside of the community, yeah. and we just don't care. We all know, but mm-hmm. it's not my responsibility. And what's, you know, what's true love is, right? Right Right now, it's all about tolerance, right? But is it really what God wants from us? You know, we, we think of Jesus and he's, he says, you know, don't just do, but don't even think. Mm-hmm. But this is exactly what God yeah. is saying here, the same thing, right? Yeah, that's if, him speaking like a prophet. Right. You right? don't just do it and become wicked. When you allow this to happen, it's like you are participating in it. Like you're yeah. living vicariously through these people. They get all the thrill and I know I can't, but yeah. I won't tell anybody. So this right? is way too cheesy, but I'm going to tell it anyway. So my children's director, when I was in sixth grade, I just moved to Indianapolis. His name was C.K. Chitty. He was head of Hepzibah Children's Hospital for a long time, if you're familiar with that, but at later than that. But he used to have this line, he would say it, and I really stuck. I mean, I'm a, sixth, I'm a sixth grader, and I remember this. He said, don't talk to your neighbor and don't let your neighbor talk to you. <laughs> and it's like spot on. You know, I mean, I know right. it's silly. He's talking about just being quiet. But right. I mean, even today in the recording, my kids happen to be with us in these chairs, and they're doing a great job of being quiet. You occasionally might hear the tape coming out of my tape dispenser as my daughter is taping her entire leg. Cause you're bored. Is that okay that that's on the show? Yeah. <laughs> she smiles, but she, but you know, and there was a moment earlier, I didn't say that exact line, but I did say, if one of them talks to you, just say nothing, you know, but it's this notion of like, don't talk to your neighbor and don't let your neighbor talk to you again, in the context of being quiet, there are other right. more important things than being quiet in class, but right. the notion of no, don't just control your own behavior. Right the behavior of those next to you is relevant and call it out, push back on it when it's unhealthy, when it's bad for the community, when it's even bad for them. Cause love without justice is just ultimately empty. 
Maybe right. blind like it's something. Yeah. Basic indifference. Love without yeah, love without mm-hmm. love without justice is indifference. I like that. Yeah. And just like injustice without love is ends up just being wrath. Right. 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 Indignation. That's right. not good either. We got problems for that too. We'll talk about that some other text. But this text is talking about a kind of false love hesed, mm-hmm. a false a false hesed that says, right. Oh, we're all part of the covenant people. We all do our duty right. in our worship together. But how we treat one another and how we behave is a sort of secondary matter. And it's better to just look the other way. Don't rock the boat. And this just cuts right to the heart of that. It says, no, those relations are just as fundamental. Right. That's great. Can I throw in something? And this is a exegetical remark to just play on that. The language of here in verse 7, I think that's Shema. You, I, I gave you my Hebrew yes. Bible, so mm-hmm. you'd have to confirm it. Is that Shema? Right. So, I mean, that, that makes me think of that Deuteronomy Shema. 6, mm-hmm. you people, know, yeah. where... He says, listen, my people, that basic, right? Right. And now here, of course, it's in the context of a judgment. But I bring that up just to say, because there it's all, you know, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, right? But then funny enough, this is a Shema Mm -hmm. that introduces all about love of neighbor and justice vis-a-vis the community. Yeah. So you almost have anticipated with these two Shemas from Deuteronomy Mm -hmm. 6 and Psalm 50, the kind of love of God, love of neighbor, neighbor combo that, because Jesus quotes the Shema when he does right. this greatest commandment. Second, right. just like it. I mean, that teaching of Jesus maps exactly onto Psalm 50. I mean, it's almost like right. an exposition right. of Psalm 50, right? Yeah, I mean, that's not the new teaching. Of right. course not. Yes. Of course not. Yeah. yeah. All of Jesus' lines are just greatest hits. He's just like the best cover artist ever, you know? Right. <laughs> Maybe it's because he's, you know. Right. Yeah. The ultimate author of all these <laughs> ideas anyway in the first place. So that's not an insult to Jesus. It's right. Like, Oh, no, no, no. The point right. is he's always been the, this person. Right. You know, it's yeah. about the continuity and consistency of his character. Any other things you'd like to add to that? Or is that a good start? I feel like that's a sermon. That's yeah, two sermon starters so. right. for our listeners. Yeah. That third idea is not a sermon idea. It's more one more thing to throw in that might help develop this idea. But because, yeah, if you want it, some people want to make explicit New Testament connections, I guess is what I'm wanting to say, right. which is not strict exegesis in the narrow sense but is appropriate in sermons from time to time. And if one were to do that, that would be one way of connecting Psalm 50. If they wanted right. to make an explicit New Testament connection, one way would be right. that connection to the to the two commandments. Well, talking about sacrifices, right? Connecting yes. it to Romans, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Bingo. Like, what does that mean? What is a real sacrifice? And interestingly, everyone quotes those first couple lines of Romans, and then the rest of the chapter is all about community life. <laughs> right? So it's all about how we work together and treat each other and how we exercise patience, but also justice. And, and the body there is in singular. Yes. Present your plural body. Yes. We'll leave it for the Perfect. New Testament people. Yeah. Perfect. And another, yeah. another ambiguous singular, right? right. Both you individually, mm-hmm. but also you, yeah. right. the community mm-hmm. as a body, so right? So the body is not... My body, it's the church. Yeah, yeah perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think there are quite a few great ideas. Yeah. I really like yours, too. Yeah, and I would recommend strongly, though, against camping out an entire sermon on these New Testament connections. But oh, if you right, wanted to make right. some, I think that would be appropriate. Especially the best way to do it, I think, is when you notice that the New Testament is riffing off something right. in an Old Testament passage. So then you're not saying, this Old Testament passage gets us halfway there. The New Testament comes and fixes it. Right. It's like, no, no, no. The New Testament is the the authoritative interpretation of the Old right. Testament for yeah. Christians. At least right. that's how I would put right. it. You know, it's, it's our midrash. 
right? It's yes. our, it's our Talmud, right? Right. right. It's, it's how we interpret. We're, we're not a. These are the boundaries. This is the center and the boundaries within which we interpret the Old Testament right. as Christians, as yep. opposed to it as another scripture, Correct. per per se. I mean, it is a scripture, right. but it's not in the same way. Yeah. No, um, that's great. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like it's less scripture, but somehow more authoritative, you know, the, which is the way the Talmud functions in, in, right. in Jewish tradition. Yep. But anyway, that was a random thought at the end. But all right. Anything else uh, before we go? I'm good. Yeah, that's good. This is fun. I always learn yeah. so much with you. You're the that best guest. I just love it. Thank you for being on so often. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, to. behind the scenes for, you know, regular listeners, last minute. Thank you. Laura is not the first time she's helped me out in a jam when I oh, was absolutely. just running behind and scheduled one with that was tight on time. So we are recording this like literally days before it's going <laughs> to drop. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks, uh, Larissa. Appreciate you so much. Uh, thanks to Todd for his uh, production work. Thanks for Eric for uh, getting this all started years ago and still uh, contributing throughout uh, to the vision and work of the podcast. Thanks to Tom Addison for donating the theme music. Can't imagine doing the show without you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks to our listeners, especially our uh, financial supporters. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, just go to patreon.com slash fresh text and see how you can become a patron saint of the show. I got a day job. I don't see a cent of that. That's to the team behind the scenes, uh, especially Todd, who do, does all the, the heavy lifting. I just get to have fun conversations with my friends. So if you'd like to support the show, we'd love it. Even just for a couple bucks a month would be awesome. Just go to patreon.com and you can see how to do that. It's really easy. Just a couple clicks. So, all right. With that said, we say have a good preach and a great week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Okay,